welcome to Maximum Fire, the podcast for Princeps. I'm Alex. And I'm Ben. And in today's episode, we've got Princeps questions. It is a special. We're doing a listener's special, Ben. It's the first of our special episodes. So basically, we're doing this, uh, if you listened to the last podcast, we're doing this because we knew that you guys wouldn't want to wait five weeks five weeks without hearing our dulcet tones um echoing through your headphones or your speakers so we thought we would do you all a favor and make sure that you are kept sated uh, with your regular updates from the mouth of ben corsair manipal davy and alex peak so alex what have you been up to since the last podcast i've made a coffee yeah (laughs) i've also made a coffee since the last podcast um, I also um, was able to find that uh, England failed to get their uh, game against Scotland uh, in the bag. Dating this podcast, Alex. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, no, it's no no surprise. We said we were going to do this at no. the time. So we recorded this, funnily enough, on the night. I sacrificed my uh, my evening of, of sitting down and watching um, England not win against Scotland um, to put out some more premium content to to you our lovely listeners so alex that's why you need to be like me and not give a don't care about england football team because then you're never disappointed if anything you find it funny when they fail well i know but i i only care about football every two years and um and and i think the wife is wondering whose body swapped her husband (laughs) because hang on a second you're not into sports what is going on here yeah who is this and what are you doing in my house but yeah, so this this is a little episode that we decided to put together um, whilst we're busy doing things like getting ready for tournaments and also um, going on holiday. Um, so we decided to do a listener's question, a Princeps question special. So we've got quite a few questions that the listeners have, uh, have sent in to us, Ben. We have. I, I guess also this is, I mean, it won't make a difference to listeners, but this is the first episode I'm going to edit. Yes. So if you don't like it, complaints to Ben, maybe. Um, or if you really like it and you think it's better, then that's fine. Just tell, tell don't, don't, No, no, no. Don't mention it. Don't mention it. I, I'm going to be like that. What's it? The, uh, the, those old very, very liquid adverts, you know, where the dad deliberately did a bad job doing the washing up so he didn't get asked to do it again. <laughs> I have no problems if you want to take over the editing full time, Ben. That's perfectly fine with me. But yeah. Um, happy to a few it's just my work my, i work nights which is when i'd probably edit which is the kind of issue yeah and it's my excuse as well to um avoid my family for a day <laughs> while i do the editing locked in my time little man cave uh, just quickly before we go on to the uh the questions i just want to give a quick shout out to um a friend of mine actually who is doing decals and he's mostly focusing historical but he's going to be covering lots of Adeptus Titanicus in fact I have a sample of his new decals uh, upstairs which I do need to give to you at some point to do stuff with as well it's the Flying Fez Industries which you can find on Facebook and Etsy the stuff should be live by this episode but if not keep plugging it I'm sure we'll do a social media shout out about it as well they can't he's going to do a kickstart at some point for white decals because apparently white decals are hard i i yes i don't know that's white ink costs probably i know gold's yeah. expensive as well so um and he needs the white for some historical decals he wants to do as well but uh so there is like a black and white black and white no black and yellow has a stripes decal sheet so you could do a, you could probably quite quite well for titanicus 
and he has also done like a range of like stripes of their various sizes. So if you want to do like you know like a white stripe down the middle, not white, you can't do white. You want to do a red stripe down the middle of a carapace. <laughs> like decals for that if you don't like, fancy doing airbrushing and all that kind of things and you're a bit more dab with uh, decals so um do at least go and have a quick look and just say that uh that we sent you yes and then when it gets flooded with people who have been listening to us then we can start asking him to to send us sponsorship money i wish <laughs> if only we were that influential ben mm. well i was gonna say this yacht's not gonna pay for itself <laughs> I think we're just relying on the Battle Bling guys to buy the yacht for us. Ah, <laughs> oh, right. So, um, I guess otherwise, um... yeah, I think we we'll, we'll get into it. But um, I think just just before usual shout out, just remember if uh, if any of you want to help support the podcast, um, do check our Patreon out. Um, it's max um, Patreon dot com forward slash Maximal Fire. Um, we've got three tiers, £1, £3, £5. At the moment, they are just supporters tiers. Um, we're a bit like a tip jar. So if you do like what you're hearing, you want to just send a bit of appreciation our way. Um, every little bit helps. It's really, really good. Um, we're, we're looking into future options as to how we can expand this um, video podcasts or possible kind of Q&As um, might be on the cards. People have asked about potential merchandise as well. So we might be speaking oh. to the um for the battle bling guys and maybe maybe at some point doing some kind of joint merch related even if it's just stickers we'll see um, is this just uh, lost t-shirts with the memes i'm doing about corsair manifolds yeah i think i've designed one actually that i i think i want to get printed just should, should just say something like got corsair across the front of it but yeah so if you do if you do want to like obviously uh, every every little helps it'd be great to have you on board and anybody who is a patreon um it does get a bit more of a direct kind of connection with us and um, to ask us questions and things and also um uh, you do get a little bit of extra treatment uh, with regards to your questions um featuring on the podcast so without further ado ben i was going to say obviously if you did sign up pre- like recently since the last episode you won't be getting a shout out this episode because we're recording it straight away just to just in case you're wondering, next yeah. episode hopefully be a bumper with like 20 thank yous. Fingers crossed. Oh, probably not. If only. That'd be great if it was though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, good point, Ben. We are recording this on the yeah. same night as the previous podcast, so um, if you don't hear your voice, uh, your your name, uh, then don't 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 worry. We'll we'll that will be on the next podcast. Um, you don't you don't you don't want to squeak into a section where we can like make it sound like it's current. Like I can't believe England almost won the Euros, Alex. That was amazing. I mean, just like pre-record a load of sections and drop it in. England won five to nothing. <laughs> yeah. Against Croatia. <laughs> I'm so happy that Lewis Hamilton won the recent Grand Prix. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, like, on, on that note, let's let's move swiftly on. So, many questions. Um, mm. The first one is, is one of our Patreons, a guy called John Hex. Um, he sent us a message saying, I know FAQs are needed, but do you feel there are too many? And what do you think is a driving force behind FAQs? Now, I think there's only actually been two FAQs, hasn't there, so far? So I don't personally think there's too really, many. I think, I think it's free, but yes. Personally, I, I think. think I would like to see more FAQs. Mm. Um, I don't think that there is enough at the moment 
for instance, you know, we've mentioned in previous podcasts, you know, there's already that question mark outstanding about the Warbringer Carapace arc. Surely somebody at Games Workshop has noticed that by now. What does it really take to just update that spreadsheet and just send out a new FAQ clarifying that? I do wish in some respects like that they would be a little bit more responsive in their turnaround time between an issue being identified. So yeah, I don't. I, I personally don't think that there are too many. I'd actually like to see more. I I agree as well. Um, I, there's also quite a few questions that they haven't actually answered yet. Stuff like um, God Eng- uh, Martin the God Engineers talked about the fact that knights are now in a bit of a weird spot with their stratagems because they've changed the 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 equivalent knight stratagems. The Titan ones have changed, but the knight ones haven't. So like their version of thermal mines, plasma mines, I think it's called. It's now still strength 10 and always works, doesn't work on a 2 plus. So there's like a few inconsistencies like that. And also, there's a few stratagems which knights probably could take now, but because of the way the rules work, they only get 18 stratagems, that's all you can ever take. So there's, there's, a, there's a few things I'd like to see tidied up. I think what's the driving force behind them? Well, uh, I personally think it's two, two phase, two parts, at least two parts, to make the game work function. And also to kind of build up getting ready for a potential second edition, because normally in most game companies, uh, Dave and Green's Workshop quite works in this principle because of the way they model. The reason to a second edition is because the FAQs become unwieldy. Yeah. You know, when you're like an FAQ is like 20 pages, well, okay, let's update the rule book, let's bring everything into that rule book, redo the army books to, because of the FAQ, and then and fix some stuff we're not happy with. Not they might not be an FAQ, but they just want to neaten up or add something new to the game. So I think that's one of the driving forces behind it to kind of getting ready. And every time that they release a supplement, you know, you're potent, you know, you're adding new content to the game, which mm. can potentially cause those kind of funky rules interactions. I mean, certainly the biggest FAQ change was the one which dropped um, about just after the or just before around about the time of the Loyalist Legios book. But a lot of that was FAQs to bring the previous books in line with the Loyalist Legios book. There was some that there wasn't really too much in the way of additional clarification. There was a few clarifications, like certainly around things like is the War Masters plasma correct? But for the most part, a lot of the FAQs was just saying, you know, this is now the same as the Loyalist book. So those people who didn't have the Loyalist book could still utilize the books that they had. Which I think yeah. is important, and it, it it means that people aren't. And I I know obviously Games Workshop wants people to buy all of their books, and I think we've said previously as well. I think that there will be new Universal War Gear in the Traitor Book as a way of yeah. getting Loyalist players to buy the Traitor Book. But at the same respects, I think that they they're still making it so you can still use some of these older books and utilize the FAQ to kind of keep you you know in line with with what is the accepted changes which i think is awesome because i, I don't think it's something gw have done in the past effectively making their old books up to date so you don't need to buy the new book that's not normally their model which yeah so yeah i think that's cool i i, I it's, it's a welcome change but obviously i do think there needs to be more but i get the feeling it's not the biggest team doing the faqs and they've got a lot of systems to faqs for um, if you want to see actually a, a a good way of like how interactions can change things, uh, there's a really brilliant YouTube video by a guy called Arbiter Ian. I, I recommend if you don't follow him on YouTube, I recommend doing it. He's done some great stuff on Necromunda and the histories, but in particular, he does basically why Seventh Edition 40k was such a mess, and he kind of explains rules bloat 
and how like just adding one thing to the game adds horrendous amounts of interactions which they can't necessarily cater for within what in a rule book so that's what faqs can really important uh, also it also explains why the horrors heresy game which is based on seventh edition works but 40k didn't work it's a, it's a really good video i highly recommend all this stuff just look up at history of necromunda you'll find him he's it's a really good really good series I, I think the advantage of titanicus with anything to do with faqs is the fact that we have a limited uh, there is limited scope right as to what needs to be changed it's not like 40k where you've got like a dozen different or probably more i can't i don't know the exact count codexes which interact with one another slightly differently all with their own rules all with their own different ways of doing it and i think we 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 keep referencing previous pods quite a lot but that's what i like about titanicus is that you can look across the 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 table and go okay well i kind of know what that that force is going to do the only thing i might not know is exactly his legio traits it's not like in 40k where you basically trust your opponent to be not cheating <laughs> because unless you're familiar with the army that they're playing you know you might not necessarily know all of the nuances which make up that force something like 300 units in 40k and their interactions with each other that you're never gonna you're never gonna make everything 100 perfect for that spoilers with the video I recommended watching he says the reason the heresy game works because it's marines marines and marines with some mechanicus and um limited not, deviation it's not imperial guard at that point what are they called Solar auxilia thank you so auxilia, so you know rather than having all this massive rules bloat they've just narrowed it down to a small section and then that made it easier to make those rules work whereas edition 40k was effectively the fourth edition of the same game you had planes added in, which was weren't originally designed for the game. You had lots of other things, and you know it just became this big swirling. It's a great video, honestly. Watch it. It explains why FAQs are needed very well, and also why new editions are needed, and why eventually, at some point, you need to go back to the drawing board, start again. Yeah, I, I mean that, that's what we think anyway. I'd be interested to know, mm. actually, John, what what your thoughts are on this. Um, I kind of get the feeling from the question is maybe maybe you feel like there's too many. I'd be very interested to know um, your thoughts if you wanted to reach out and just let us know. I did feel, and this is no offence, John, it wasn't or wasn't, it did feel like a slightly like, almost loaded question, I don't know. Yeah, potentially. Do you just yeah. not like the FAQs, John? Do you not like them? Why don't you like them? You should like them. I, I would actually say the one thing I do like dislike about FAQs, which is probably a more of a past issue rather than a modern issue, was specials like playing Flames of War was having to every tournament print off the faqs because yeah. it wasn't as easy like, as i get your mobile phone out and go right that's the latest faq so you, you go to events and they would update their faqs a lot more regularly than like titanicus is because they obviously only had like one game to focus on so like you know you print off the faq like three months later okay now i need the new faq get rid of that one just you know and and also, like, they'd, like sometimes it can be annoying because like small things change, which is why it's really great that like, they highlight what's changed in red, so you know what the new changes are. Yeah, well, I hope that answers your question anyway, John. Um, moving on to another one from Patreon. Um, this one's from Graham Sanders. He said, "I'd be interested to know how you would design the rules for Orc and Elder Titans in Titanicus." So, funny enough, before this came up, I had a big conversation with, I believe, George on. Um, how stuff like this would work because um the original designer james hewitt he talks about one of the pod- well, I was listening to one podcast they interviewed him and All he talks about podcast. how i think it probably was full but he talked about how they kind of had like a template for orcs and eldar built into the game 
so that if they did want to add them, that's not saying they are adding them in. I hope they do, but I'm not saying they are. They'd already kind of built in rules that worked for them. So one of the things I'd like to see of orcs is like potentially like a worse. I think orcs you can basically make like just worse imperials in some ways. So their shields only work on a four plus, let's say, and other things like that. But I think their damage track should be longer. Yeah. And it should take longer to get to like a plus one, plus two, plus three, because there's just so much pack you're shooting through, which doesn't actually need to be there. It doesn't actually do anything. It's just there because they're, they're orcs. And you'd have a mixture of weapons, which are big blast weapon. Mm. Um, but then you'd also have kind of taking like the, the direction they've gone with games like Aeronautica and Imperialis, you'd probably have a lot which are just a huge weight of dice, like yeah. low strength weight of dice, Gatling uh, equivalents and things like that. I, I would also see them having a lot more use of the reactor dice potentially with some of their more high strength weapons because they're a bit more volatile. So yeah, I, I potentially, potentially, I'm not, I'm not 100 sure. I also, they also could go for like a gothic style with some of the more weapons that shoot more, where they have like a more random shooting value, like D3 plus three for like their equivalent of the Vulcan Mega Bolter, as an example. I'm not just off the top of my head. L does more of an awkward one because. I don't think like a shield system like we currently have would necessarily transfer over well. I keep trying to think about like when I think of Eldar, I, I kind of think like how could they pull in something like the equivalent of hollow fields or like mm. the old lance style abilities that the weapons had in other games. Yeah, you know, I think you'd you'd be looking at high strength single shot or low rate of fire weapons. I think with Eldar but potentially with some mitigations. I know maybe it's like automatic shield bane or maybe even certain weapons bypassing shields or you know think things like that where you would you know the, the fragile but glass cannons like big hard hitters that can easily blow up if they get hit yeah. but they're agile and they can hit hard so i'd say like a reaver for example maybe they have like one like their equivalent to a reaver the phantom i believe although i think the phantom set you bigger than a reaver we're not like premier war bringer size maybe have like one or two less shields but their shield saves always three plus and then maybe like there's like a you're always minus one to hit them at long range or damage effect, yeah. yeah or they always have a four up save until like their body's damaged at which point that you get to like the first the first pip of the critical effects on the body is like their hollow fields down, so they, they lose their four up. They will, they lose their always four up save. Main issue of that is obviously you're now creating a. I guess it works like knights. I guess actually, so you're rolling to save, and then if you don't save, then they carry on and do the damage. It's an interesting one. I I think um, I'm interested to see how they 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 do it. Um, I think orcs are easier because orcs are basically just imperial technology, but worse. But also hard to do actual damage to so you can kind of i think that's easier to fit into the game whereas eldar i'm sure they'll do it well because titanic is a well-designed game mostly so i think it would be there's there's things like yeah i don't don't think you necessarily just rip the rules out of gothic necessarily but that i don't think would be a bad option using that pulse lances the idea you had there with shields though like it the rules exist there is there yeah. is precedent there, right? Like say in the night, so it's not like they'd have to massively change, you know, the rule book. It'd just be on the terminal. Similar similar effect, just on the terminal instead. Yeah, I I, I quite like the the idea of that. I also imagine Elder Titans have a bigger reactor, so maybe that's the maybe the other way. Maybe that's the other change. They have bigger reactors but less shields. I wouldn't be surprised if they would get things like being able to move out of arcs still at full and boosted speeds, similar to like mm. Corsair Manipal works, much higher in the way of the amount of turns that they can do, perhaps. 
Whereas um, orcs would be the opposite; would probably have far less turns than their, their size yeah. would allow. Yeah, and, and probably slower. I, you, yeah. you know, what I can see with orcs, I could see there being their normal speed being quite slow, but their boosted speed being proportionately larger than an imperial tank. Yeah, potentially, weapon, you know, like that kind of craziness that orcs kind of exhibit. You know, you might be like a gargant moving three inches or something, but can boost seven or something. Yeah. Or six, you know, something not just the yeah. obvious additional fifty percent. Orcs also be quite cool because you're going to get you're going to get the kind of like reverse carapace because they've got belly guns, which probably would work similar to carapace because it would be corridor. But obviously, you don't have that minus. You don't have the negative of if they get too close, you can't shoot because it's literally protruding out their belly. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah I hope they do add them. I really do. I know some people. I've never said before, and I know some people are against it, but. Orcs and Elder are doing stuff, and it would add it would add a lot more to the game. And I don't think you need to do many models for for either of them. If it ever got to the point where they'd made all of the Titans for Imperials, and it was bringing Orcs and Elder, or the game basically starts to fizzle out, I think all of yeah. those people who have problems against Elder and Orcs would probably <laughs> yeah. be queuing up for that to happen. Um, I I think I think it's something that they'll do when they feel the game is getting a little bit stale. No, stale is probably the wrong word, but maybe they're kind of they can feel like they're coming to the end of the natural flow of what the direction the game's going or the supplements. They'll bring that out. They may even bring it out as a as a separate game, um, but it, which is compatible with with Titanicus. Like like I, we said previously, you know, like this, you probably wouldn't be having Warmasters and Psy Titans and Vortex missiles and Great Crusade games, but yeah, you do a Great Crusade add on. Well, I said that you could do a heresy add-on because you could add them to the heresy. Because I said before, the orcs and elder were still attacking the Imperium during the heresy. <laughs> they weren't sitting there going, "Oh, let's let's let them duke it out, and we'll see what happens." The elder were still much getting involved, playing their games as always. As I said, I'm sure the white scars were fighting the orcs. I'm sure they had some titans down there. So um, yeah, you can definitely you can definitely add it in, and I think it would be cool. My, my only fear is that not fear. That's the wrong word. They might be resin, but. I mean, I wouldn't even mind that that much. Depends on the popular, the continued popularity of the game. Like, there's, mm. you know, we've seen what they've done with Aeronautica. You know, they they, they aren't afraid of bringing out plastic boxes, and Aeronautica has got kind of like arguably a much smaller market. Granted, it's a lot smaller models, obviously less of an investment than a than a Titan. Oh, I I don't know. You need uh, you need quite a few, really. It's it surprisingly mm. adds up fast the amount of money you spend on Aeronautica. Yeah. Compared to Titanicus. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that it's something that would sell. I think that there's a lot hmm. of people out there, like our friend Dave, who won't play Titanicus because they can't play Eldar. So I yeah. think when they realize that this, they, they, they start kind of seeing the, the market constricting a little bit or it's not as exp- expanding as much as it has done in the first few years, they might start thinking about throwing in a couple of additional races. Um, I would say I'd like a couple of extra Titans for Imperials before we do it because War Master aside, it has been a while since we've had those new Titans and uh, I think that would add a lot more that would add a lot more to the game right now. Yeah. Yeah, I th- but- I think I think personally that I don't know this might actually be a just checking this isn't a question for later on. That this is a question for later on. So we will come back um on yes. this particular issue. But- but I, I think you could do a book on the orcs and a book on the elder. You do like the four craft, five craft worlds. You do the five orc clans, so they all get rules. You do give them about six mana pools each, and I think that would be more than enough to keep to add a lot more life to the game. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. 
Okay, so sticking with the Patreon questions, um, George McStocker has asked us a couple of questions, actually, so we figured we'd actually do two, because one of them, I think, is going to be pretty straightforward. It's a very simple question. What's your favourite Legio scheme? Uh, Kratos. Kratos. It's... Great scheme, terrible rules. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great scheme, great fluff, great decals, look freaking awesome, and... Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They do look beautiful. I, 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 I do think that the traitors, generally speaking, have got some of the cooler schemes. I really like Lania Scara. Um, I'd, I'd hate to paint it. Hats off to Oliver, who's who's painted it. Um, mm. but yeah, that's that's a great scheme. But I, I quite like. Um, I quite like the bold and simple colors. Like again, it's it's a Legio I'd probably never do. Um, but I I really like um Legio Osadax or Osadax, mm. however you pronounce that, the cockatrices, um, with their kind of um turquoise, white and red, just really striking. It's really every model I've seen that's painted is like that has, has looked really good. And Defensor for the same reason as well. Um, Defensor's really nice, uh, really nice scheme. That's, I've almost done them a couple of times actually. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of them are good schemes. I do, I do, I think the what's the one I the firebrands, the kind of the bone and the red. That's one that's always Arturus. Arturus, yeah, that's one that's always struck me as well uh, as one I, I potentially wouldn't mind doing one day, but I got other schemes I want to do first. Yeah, I think oh. if if you held my head to the hand to the fire and said, "What is what do I think is the best scheme?" I'd probably say Lani Escara, for me. Oh, see, I think the best scheme, I hate to say it's the tiger's eyes is the best scheme. Don't say that, because he's fishing for that answer. No, it is. It is the best scheme, but it's also a pain in the ass to paint. Yeah. Uh, it's got the right balance. I mean, there's a reason why there's a lot of, like, oh, there's an orcs which are yellow and black is with fire on them as well. It just looks awesome, and it works on so many different things. But yellows are a pain in the ass to paint. Flames are a pain in the ass to do. <laughs> it's just like, how I much think- more complicated do you want to make it? I've seen some very good sim like is it Legio Magna, which is similar scheme with the flames. Uh, it's on black, black and yeah, black with the um, it's not magma, is it uh, Infernus. Infer- Infernus. Yes, it's not magna. I've just seen that in the book. I've um, seen some awesome. I've seen some awesome uh, schemes painted up with that. They, that yeah. can be a that's a that's a painter's uh, Legio. Yeah, I think there is something for also so there is something for just simple like like Kratos just you know it's teal white a little bit of orange just do some stripes mm, yeah awesome yeah I really do hope that they'll do something more with that at a later date just just kind of tweak their rules a little bit I think because they are a fantastic legio a very popular legio as well despite the fact that most people take custom rules for them oh and also best name the you know, the God Breakers that's just <laughs> Uh, what's the other question from Georges? Um, so he also on, said, do you think that gy- uh, tracking at, that gyroscopic stabilizers are too cheap? Because? <laughs> There's a bit more to that question, is Alex? Um, I, I, I didn't write down the full um, thing. I guess because he doesn't like fighting off against them, basically. Basically, doesn't make um, doesn't make a Sturgimus too easy to use. I believe is the his uh, his worry. 
Yeah, I'm, uh, they make Exterminus too easy, and I think 40 points would be a very interesting price rather than an auto-include. Um, I mean, I, as an Exterminus player with that uses Jarrett... You take this as No, yeah, <laughs> I, I agree to some extent. I, I, yeah. I do think that they are very good, um, but I think that you know, having played numerous games now with mine, I think that... I don't think that it it makes them unbalanced because you know it's not like I'm tabling every every opponent I play against. Twenty five points, obviously. I I think if you're in a it position, adds up quickly. It yeah, does add up quickly. Like seventy five points for three, uh, effectively, is where it stands. I generally can only afford to fit in two based on my weapon loadout. Uh, also, it really affects what the fourth option can be to get that fourth activation for for Exergimus because um, yeah, you could take all three of them with uh, gyros, but then your fourth activation is then probably Questorus or a minimum banner of lancers. At which point, that's a lot. I think that's a lot worse than the Warhound because you need the Warhound for shield room. I think twenty five points is a good price. I think I could deal with them being thirty. I wouldn't be a problem with it being 30. What I do think is too cheap is the custom Legio trait, which allow uh, war gear option, which allows you to take them for 10 points. That is amazing. That is amazing. It is good. I was actually quite surprised Gyro's made it into the universal up, 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 upgrades. I, I will be honest with Of all the ones in the custom Legio rules, that's probably one of the last one I added in. Mostly because arcs are so important to the game and not much has corridor to basically no. give an upgrade to basically go ignore one of the limiting factors in the game. I, I was quite surprised by it. And also, it kind of does... I know it's 15 points more expensive than it is for the custom Legios, but it kind of takes the shine, I think, a little bit off the custom Legio rules to give it to every, to give that one to everyone. Some of the other ones I think you could have given to everyone and I don't think it would have been an issue. That was one I was, I was quite surprised by. I don't know. Um, I, mean, I think if it's it's ten points, like for four, yeah, but thirty points. For... But that is taking up one of your four slots. So you know, sure. whereas you, whereas like you could be Mortis and have five special rules and get gyros. Yeah, true. And of course, you could just be a custom legio and not take that as a war gear option, and still take them at twenty five points instead. Exactly. So I I do I know where George is coming from because it does seem like a bit of an auto include, at least a couple. And anything that's an auto include, I think, needs to be looked at. Like in no so to use like a example, like I've not built since the Legio but Loyalist Legio book has come out, I've not built a single list without Bastion Shielding. Now is Bastion Shielding an auto include? No. But when I have 30 points left over, or 20 points left over, it's a nice cheap upgrade just to whack on a couple of Titans to give me a little little boost. Does it win me games? Maybe. It probably hasn't won me a game, but it's you know it's, it's a good upgrade. It's not an auto-include, it's just it's, it's filler. I, that Metallicalist I've been building, my first Metallicalist I've been building, which is going to be the uh, Rip, Ruptura. I always said it wrong. Is it Ruptura? The two yeah. Warbringer lips? Yeah. I have changed the list to drop a Reaver to take two lots of gyros because the gyros are that good. They work every time. Like I, yeah. Well, I, I, I probably said this before as well. If I haven't, I've certainly been waxing lyrical about it to people in the shop. But 
it just removes that a thought process mm. entirely. It works every single time, and you know that everything on if one gun is in um, arc, then all of the guns all are in arc. That. Yeah, it's it's just twenty five points for something that is used for everything, every time that you want to do it. So yeah, I get it. Is it is an auto include? Maybe maybe it's too ex too cheap at the moment. But even so, fifty points is on two. If you took two at fifty point uh, twenty five points each, fifty points is still a reasonable chunk of change. In this, yeah, you uh, you are probably agree. sacrificing weapon loadouts for gyros. I- I guess the interesting one would be because again I've as I said, I've not used them since since they came out because I've been playing Reavers and Reavers have 360 arc on their carapace weapons. It would be interesting if let's say Reavers were corridor, how many Reaver Reavers would take it? I think that would be the interesting one because like if I've got a warlord, I'm taking it. Because why wouldn't I? On one warlord And what's twenty five you know, points in the grand scheme of things? Exactly. I've just said that a lot of my lists I have like 30, 40 points left, which goes to Bastion Shielding. Well, that just goes into a gyro instead. Dub, dub, done. So that's, yeah, I think that would be the interesting argument where are you paying 25 points for every Reaver to have it? Probably not. No. But with the Warlord, it's such a force multiplier. But then at the same time, like I, I've played against quite a lot of Exterjimus and quite a lot of Warlords recently with my Reavers, and I. I just get within ten inches. <laughs> it's a non-factor. Yeah, and that that is that that's the problem with with the warlords is that you will find yourself inside of that distance very quickly, um, unless you are able to kind of back up in yourself up into a corner and try and keep some of that distance. It is, mm. you know, I by turn three, turn four, I'm generally not firing. I'm having to split fire to make the use of my. Um, carapace weapons yeah because everyone's just too close you know granted it does work every single time you get to use it you know you're probably only going to get the most out of it the first two turns maybe even turn two turn three because most of the weapons are going to be within 24 inches anyway and you might not be in range the first turn and also as i said a few times like you know if you especially get one warlord if you just move them last you'll probably have to shoot something with your carapace weapon Mm. so yeah It's one of those ones I, I flop between where I think sometimes I think it's too good and then sometimes I don't. I don't, don't. It's, still, it's still very skill-dependent in some ways. It, it's an awkward, because in some ways it's still very skill-dependent, but in other ways, as we said, if you're an arc with one weapon, you're an arc with all your weapons, which makes it very unskill-dependent. So, it, yeah. Like, here's, the, here's the trade-off, right? If you're in a Mandatum or if you're in a um, Extergamus where you, you are Warlord-heavy, and everything's got ca- everything's got arc, then it becomes you know you, you don't you might not have the luxury of the warlord being the last thing that you activate, and it no. becomes very easy for things to kind of negate your weapons. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden you have lost thirty five to fifty points of carapace weapons, depending on what you take, based purely on positioning. So you either lose potentially lose that amount of points, or you spend twenty five points more. You basically up just take that as the cost of the weapon. All of a sudden, my carapace weapons aren't thirty five points; they're they're sixty points for yeah. those carapace weapons to to allow them to do it. I don't think that that's so bad, really. And I think it kind of is more more 
a more balanced experience for both players to be enjoying the game. I I do also wonder again how meta dependence is because I know some some metas don't rate the warlord that high. They think that they think the warlord's too expensive for a normal game of Titanicus, so seventeen fifty. Whereas definitely locally, most people bring warlords, to the, at least a warlord to the game. Um, I think I think if you think about last not last Wednesday when we were playing when when the, you know, we had six of us playing, you obviously had a Sergimus. Uh, Oliver had a warlord, had warlords. George and Ali had both had warlords. I was playing Kev. I had warlords. I was the only person not to bring a warlord to the to the tech to the game to the games. So, you know that, that we 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 potentially are quite a warlord heavy meta. At which point the gyros are obviously amazing. Whereas if we're more of a reaver heavy meta or a warhound and reaver heavy meta, well, they gyros are pointless on them. So it's probably a non-factor. Yeah, I I've certainly I think probably that. Maybe three out of the last five games has been five warlords on the table. Three of them are mine, but like there's been, I faced multiple mandatums in the last um, couple of games that I played. So yeah, it is it is common in our in our area. And then then there's me find the reaver flag. It'll soon be me as well. I plan on like upping my reaver count as well with my Gryphonicus. Yeah. I may have even well, done more by the time this goes out. Which and of course, there's me talking about doing Krytos in my first video of painters free warlords. <laughs> so, so are they okay. too cheap? Uh, I don't know. Pro- probably, probably. I I would say probably, but I don't think it's enough to make them broken. I think if you made the actually okay that. I think if you made the custom Legio 120 and you made the 35 for the normal one, I think that probably would be fair. I would also say, though, if I was going to be changing any points in the game right now, okay. gyros would be quite, yeah, Vulcan Mega Bolters, Plasmas. There'd be other weapons I'd be changing. There'd be other things I'd be changing before we got to gyros. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's yeah. Yeah, and if you're changing my gyros, then you can change your fucking mega bolters at the same time. Hey, <laughs> I, 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 I put my hand up. I say I think they should be twenty points. So yeah. you know, I, 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 twenty twenty five points. It does make them an auto take. I'll be honest. Um, I don't think that well, they're at so least over- two. Yeah, at least I, two. Yeah, I, I don't think that they're so overpowered that that you know it's beardy to take them. But I, no. I do, I do think that. No. At least thirty points would be. I'd I'd be definitely still considering it if it was sixty points for two, or even seventy points for two. But they are they are yeah. a bit of an auto take at the moment. But I don't think that they. I don't think it's enough that it causes bad feelings. Okay, I think one more question, and we'll then we'll do a, take a quick break. Before yeah, sure. yeah. So um, let's do one from Instagram. So um. We say a quick break. I reckon that this question might actually take a while to get through. Let's see. Um, at Dave's Painting Project says, I haven't played a game yet. Painted a load of Titans. Sounds familiar. Um, over lockdown. Um, what would be a good force to learn a game with? Uh, well, I kind of covered this in episode one, which is episode two. Getting started in 2021. Uh, but um, and I think we kind of mentioned the last episode. I, I think a storm is always a good one for loyalists because their rules just work. There's no nothing to trigger. There's no synergies you need to worry about too much. It just does its thing. Also, it's they're better repairing, so you don't have to worry about heat as much. So that takes one of the 
it does take a little bit of the fun out of the game, but also it does take a lot of the risk out of the game. When you're learning, the last thing you need to worry about is your titans blowing up because you ran them a bit too hot. What about traitors? What was the best traitor starting on? Interesting that you've gone straight for legios here because I looked at this question and I, I, I wasn't thinking legios at all. Oh, force. You're thinking, oh, what actual models I, to yeah. learn the game with? I assumed if he's painted That's them already, I wonder yeah. if he's referring more to. You just want to get your Astorum plugs in there again, don't you? Um, Astorum's great. I love Astorum's <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, I wonder if he's talking more maniples and force selection. Oh, that case, I I always thought like the first game I'd always recommend running one of each Titan, as in the the, the core three. No use of Warbringer, so, so one I, Warlord, one one war, one Reaver, one. Yeah, basically min maximum. And then after that, I honestly think just jump straight to seventeen fifty because the game is the game scales really well with more models. The less models you have, the longer things can take just to die because you haven't got as many weapons hitting. There's more chance to repair. So, you know, if you've got, like, three Reavers on three Reavers, as, as, as an example, and, you know, you'll do a bit of shooting, you'll do a bit of damage, and they'll repair their shields up. And, you know, you, you're going to struggle, unless you can really gang up on a couple of them, you're going to struggle to do damage. When you've got, like, five or six Titans or five or six Titans, you can start ganging up on Titans a lot easier. So Titans die faster, which actually makes the game quicker. As counterintuitive as that sounds, but because of the way the game works with arcs, you're not playing 40k, you've got 360 on the site of everything. I think it's actually better to play, a, just go straight to kind of the normal, normal quote-unquote sized game myself. I practice game with you and Oliver when I... You know, we came around to play and we went, no, let's, let's scare the back. And actually, as soon as we got halfway through the game, we went, that's the worst thing we could have done. Ages. Yeah. Both of you took, you, both just took the warlords out, at which point it was just, neither side could do the damage. Yeah. I think if you want to, like, give yourself a fighting chance with regards to the rules, like you say, you, you still keep the 1750 points wise, but the, the thing you take out is stratagems. You don't. Yeah. Play your first game with stratagems. You don't play your first game with princeps traits, and and that just makes it that little bit less complicated. That you can kind of still focus on all the cool stuff on the board and still have a lot of fun with it without that kind of. It's not. I wouldn't say added complexity, but it's it's another thing to think about. And I know certainly the first couple of games I played with, we didn't really use stratagems. I was keen to start using them as soon as possible just to get me up to speed, yeah. but. Also, Axis, so I was about to say Axis Manipul because it just gives you that reroll in your orders. Yeah. And it's a simple rule. Yeah, it's just a simple rule. And you can start experimenting with orders more, whereas there's nothing worse than getting, all right, let's try some orders. I failed the first one. Okay, cool. No orders then. Yeah. And you've got one of each class as yeah. well. Well, we've got one of each core class, at least one. One Warlord, one Reaver, one Warhound. Basically, it's a starter set plus a Warlord. And then you've got an Axiom. Um, yeah. The pre- the precept is the obvious of the one because of the access to the precept maniple box, but that's not quite as easy now that the maniple's been de- discontinued. The box, not the ma- not the maniple. The maniple's so far, and you mean the box? It's, yeah, yeah, <laughs> sorry, yeah, the maniple group. And, and again, that just interacts with orders. It's it's a good way of like passing around certain types of orders and making them easy for the rest of your group to pass them on. But playing around with orders is is just a good way of experimenting with what the titans can do first couple of times that you do it i i mean i i'm giving all of this advice but i didn't take any of it myself i jumped in straight away with legio ordax and i was running lupicle minimal lupicle and the minimal canis just to make myself like my life as difficult as possible but um and then on to an extergamus which yeah anyway 
Um, but yeah, don't do like I do. Actually, no, don't do like I do. Do as I do as I say. <laughs> I guess if you want to take the advice, then you know it's it's you know, whatever. But yeah, I think Axiom is is the classic starting point. You'll get a lot of you know satisfying titans on the table. Um, you'll get enough rules interaction to make it interesting, and it's probably something which will come up most turns that you will be able to use that 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 mana pulse trait. I think that starting out there is a just be careful like i think people kind of think that it's all about orders and remember i i think sometimes people give the um titans orders for the sake of orders and sometimes it's just better to not give them orders at all yeah don't don't first fire may sound great if it's the first turn of the game it's not going to do much and also remember that first fire is really basically in, in my opinion you use first fire to finish off an already wounded titan it's it's not to take down shields because just repair it all again before the, the combat phase it's just learning little things like that they might be seductive to think oh i can get around the shooting off but actually it's not and everything impacts your movement in one respect or another it's a game of maneuver giving up that chance to move on turn one is can be crippling yeah so but let us know what you've yeah. got and, and let us know um how you get on but yeah, maybe try the axiom first and see how you get on, and then move to something which is um, sort of suits your playstyle a little bit more. We'll take a short break, and I guess we'll have a word from our sponsors at this particular point. The guys at Battle Bling with their um, their little advert that they got, and um, we'll be answering some more Princeps questions after this. Princeps, does your Titan need a refit? Refit. Refit. Are your locomotives feeling sluggish? Sluggish. Sluggish. Do your machine spirits need lifting? Lifting. Lifting. If the answer to any of these is yes, then head on over to Battle Bling Bling on the Etsy store. Our range of new parts, conversion kits, weapon upgrades, alternative loadouts and retro war gear will have your Titan ready for battle and make them the envy of any god emperor. Battle Bling, gaming accessories, bringing the bling to your battlefield. Warning, Battle Bling products may contain awesome. And welcome back from listening to the lovely tones of Battle Bling. So, Ben, more questions? Yes. Fuck it to my veins. <laughs> it's actually quite nice to be doing this. I, mean, I know we said in a previous episode that, you know, we didn't want to rely on these type of episodes but maybe we will do like the odd shorter podcast with these and again in the future it's we we get so many questions from the community it's just nice to spend a bit of time and actually look through them um yeah especially i mean obviously these are done over like the last two podcasts worth of questions effectively aren't they yeah 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 so yeah so it is nice it's because nice nice and nice and snappy nice and nice and and bite-sized chunks and not all of these are going to be sensible (laughs) <laughs> no no there's one coming up that's definitely not sensible <laughs> oh we did kind of say like ask us anything like i'm i'm glad that it was kept clean for the most part um but yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll ask anything so yeah let's see um i did avoid the question which was um submitted by no games no glory as to which is the best podcast for, for adeptus titanicus and uh which of the two um presenters on maximal fire are the best I thought that that probably wouldn't contribute to a good working relationship with either ourselves or our fellow <laughs> podcast. Um, well, we've already started a meme war with uh, Full Stride. Why not? 
Well, yeah, now the Aussies have gotten involved in that as well. That was, that was quite funny. This is probably a very out. Like, by the time people are listening to this, this will be like a month out of date. But um, yes, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, by the point you're listening to this, we've managed to curtail Ben's um, Corsair Tourette's a little bit. And um, but I can't see it happening. Potentially, by the time this has come out, I'll have played a game without any Reavers. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, more questions. <laughs> Let's move on uh, to a question from Stuart Warner. I think he's asked this before, but it was something that we it, we thought might be a bit too long to fit in a normal cast, but we thought we'd definitely cover it um, this time around. He has asked, and I think it's quite a good question because we, we also know people who this would potentially help. And he says, hmm. how would you build Legio's Zestobiax with the custom Legio rules, and where would you put them, Loyalist, Traitor, or Black Shield? Now, I know... We said in the previous pod that we you know we played a game with our friend John, and he's got a Zestobiax, and you used the Astorum rules um, hmm. for that particular game. But obviously, this is focusing more on the custom rules because there's no actual rules for Zestobiax as it stands, and they're quite a popular no. Legio. Like, there's quite a few people I've seen who paint them. They're also an awkward Legio in some respects to fit them in because uh, obviously they get declared they get excommunicated traitors because they are. Effectively, like the Thousand Suns, kind of you know, allied Legio, but like Sergius is like you know, to Ultramarines, they are to Thousand Suns, and kind of guilty by association, they get uh, they get uh, excommunicated, but they don't, and they do become loyalists again, but not till after the heresy, which yeah. then kind of leads to that gray area. So, with the how would you run them, loyalist traitor or black shields, I don't think there's an incorrect answer. I would say the d- traitor doesn't quite feel right to me. I think you run them as black shields. I think that there's elements that you... Uh, I don't think it would feel wrong for them to be loyalists, to no. be played as loyalists. Um, I, I I just don't think using stuff like... Warp, well, saying that, they can't use warp displacement. I guess you could count that as their psychic powers. Yeah. So rather than being chaos, helping them, it's more their psychic powers and making a titan disappear and appear somewhere else but uh, so yeah so just to go over a bit of the kind of legio background because unless they release rules for zestobiax um we probably should i I hope they do Uh, but i don't think that that we'll be doing a deep dive on them unless they release actual rules but effectively zestobiax as a force um or as a legio are, are, are quite isolationist um they don't have much in the way of spacefaring ability, and they often end up garrisoning um, small pockets of worlds. And they have kind of almost like an independent hierarchy, um, uh, command structure. They don't, they're not really governed by a grand master like most legios. They have their own like high-ranking princeps. Um, I forget the name of them. Princeps wardens, I think they're called. And they've always been geared to a more defensive form of. of combat this was i believe that on their home i can't remember the name of the home world but they used to be often fighting you know large creatures and stuff of the home planets and also invading um xenos at the time before they were brought back into the fold of the imperium so it does lead them to be quite a defensive force but they also dabble quite heavily in uh, illicit technologies uh, which the mechanicum would class it as so, so I, I, I just quickly Googled the name of the home planet. I'm not even going to try and pronounce it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, they 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 deal with these illicit um, technologies, like they call it Psychana Arcana. So like, I guess that is why they were very closely, quickly associated with um, those potential Legio allies of the Thousand Suns with the um, the similarities there. But they they went on to develop things called Black Iron Cores, which were essentially. I believe that they were kind of like a fusion of technology between Wraithbone cores, which they'd found in Elder Titans and um, Imperial technology. It effectively meant that the commander, uh, that the Titans could be piloted on smaller crews, and it also increased the reflexes um, and tactical prowess of the uh, of the Titans. So when I was thinking about how I would design this in the custom Legio rules, I guess the things which I was looking for was like okay, well you've got the the, the de- defensive is the main one, which is why as well I don't think that they really suit traitor rules because yeah. the plus two inches of the of the special of the loy- of the allegiance ability for traitor doesn't really fit. I think the loyalist one does. I think that the black shield one does to an ex- extent as well. I was thinking. Something around the command structure, you know, the independent command structure, defensive nature of Zestobiax as a force, and and maybe like I tried to find something which could represent that kind of black iron core type thing. It's, obviously, you can't make it perfect, but one of the things I was thinking of, I I, I tried to build it around four, um, but there was a couple which I kind of thought we needed to kind of inter, intertwine a little bit. But the first one I thought would be quite good would be uh, the trait gunnery command. And that basically means that you're adding two to first fire and split fire order rolls. If you're a static gun line, having the, especially if you're taking warlords, you know, maybe in an extergamous maniple, being able to basically pass those on twos is very good. Even even with an injured, a wounded princeps, you know, you're going to be passing those on twos for the most part. It just allows you to, to make the most of those those titans from a defensive position. There's also another trait called Masters of Defense, which I actually think is, is a very strong trait, and especially, again, for larger titans. Basically, Masters of Defense allows you to move your full speed when backing up, which is incredible. You know, your warlords moving really forward good. backwards is, is very, very strong. Can you use boosted speed of that as well, sorry? I don't believe you can use boosted speed. From what I remember, so but even move, yeah, even moving, it's it's like half Corsair. It basically gives you yeah. But on top of that, if you are ever charged, you can immediately move up to three inches backwards and fire with one weapon. And the reason that that is good is that a you're potentially taking yourself out of melee, depending on the the distance that that person has travelled to get to you. You're also shooting them, and you're also shooting them with your... If you're three inches out of range, you're back to using your ballistic skill rather than your weapon skill. It's pretty strong. I mean, just just having the, the backing up trait is... It's pretty good on its own, but coupled with that, I think that that's a very strong trait to be taking for a, a, a static defensive force. If you wanted to go all out with the kind of order issuing and and gun line, then there's a piece of war gear called Unguist Stabilizers, which I thought is 20 points. It can only be taken on scale 9 plus Titans. Basically, you choose which Titans you're going to deploy these stabilizers in in the strategy phase. It allows you to basically just choose a split fire or first fire order. You don't roll for it. You just pass it automatically. Okay. Downside is you can't move. So you'd want to be taking that with the next one that I've taken, although, as we've already mentioned earlier on in this pod, not necessarily have to do this, but tracking gyroscopes for 10 points as a war gear option. 
like I say, that that one is not quite so pivotal, I don't think, because you could is that just two war gear options. Sorry, oh, it is two war gear options. So you got two traits and two war gear options. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I do think that there is an element of the certainly the gunnery command, the plus two to your split fire command rolls, and the unguish stabilizers. I think are interchangeable. I don't think you'd want to be taking both. Just because I think with the custom legion rules, you take two from one, then you have to take one from each of the other. One, so you wouldn't be able to have two traits and two. I, mm, I thought it was four across all of them, but maybe I've been wrong. I, I, I think I think it's two one one, but but obviously, said I don't think you'd want gyro. Let's say want oh gyros and that upgrade. Both of those upgrades would be good. You could take them as universal anyway. Yeah, exactly. Take gyros as universal, and then just take a stratagem. You can take no more than two selections from each category. Oh, okay, fair enough. Then. So you could take so, two more gear and two traits. And- and no stratagems. Okay, I'd I, I not mess around with these strat- these custom Nietzsche rules enough, if I'm honest. So the the other thing that I thought of is depending on your carapace weapons, there's a opening salvo is a stratagem that you can play. It is three points. Uh, it's quite a pricey one, so you know it is a bit more than I'd like to spend. But it's looking at across all of them, that it was another one that potentially stood out as a gunline option in the first strategy phase. Each Titan can fire one weapon just in the strategy phase. So you could be... Okay. Kind, of, kind of means you, you haven't taken a lot of missiles at that point, I would have thought, because otherwise yeah. you're going to be out of range. Yeah, it's not yeah. bad, though. You'd have to build around. Is there any heat? Is there any heat for doing that? It is uh, too heat mm. for doing it. That was, that was the closest that I could find on the look that I was looking at. I, mean, some, some of the, I think what you'd want to do is you'd probably want to take a few of those and then mm. look for something else which kind of calls to you. It's a very static line, this. I think you need to be looking at something which maybe maybe kind of gives you a bit more flexibility. Uh, the, the auto take for me would be Master of Defense. I think that's a great, great option. It's not actually one I've looked at too much because I tend to look at the more aggressive options, I think, with, with that. So I looked at like Spiked Armor and, well, not for, not for these guys, obviously, but God, you know, like Spiked Armor and Crusade. There's like a few Crusade options to make you go faster. Yeah. Let's say, though, how, how the Battle of Prospero just gets, in some respects, the layers to it get more and more like interesting, where, you know, you've got Space Wolves allied with Mortis, who are traitor at this point, but Space Wolves don't know it yet. Against Thousand Sons, who really shouldn't have turned traitor, and Zobiacs, who kind of get caught up in it, get excommunicated and get, get brought back. So all four factions involved, well, and Cassodes obviously are there, I guess, in Sister Silence, but the main four, kind of four, all kind of not fighting with people they're going to be fighting with later, and all kind of... Yes. Yeah, so, so, oh, the heresy such a tragedy. It's great. Mm. But yeah, it'd be interesting to know what you kind of think. I mean... Uh... I think you got those stuff there. I said I think the main question is to say loyalist traitor or black shields. I think to care of that. Trevor, what's the black shields one off ability when a titan outside of the mana pool, isn't it? If you fail an order, they can carry on taking orders. Or is that the? Um... I want to say it's similar to the axiom mana pool rule, but the problem is obviously I've only played against them when Oliver's running Tritonus, and I so I kind of get mixed up with this Tritonus rule. It was a black shield rule. Uh, once per game, when a Black Shield Titan fails a command check when issuing orders, Black Shield Titans not part not part of a mana pool may still be issued orders. I, I, th- I think the, the custom leader rules you looked at there, I think that's a good, good definitely at least a minimum a good starting point, potentially a good... Uh, I'm going to be really interested to see if they do do rules for them, what they do for the uh, that warp, uh, sorry, that Ravestone core, what kind of funky abilities that will have. Yeah, I'd like to see something a bit more... Like, I was... I only I, I didn't have time to have like a proper deep dive into all of the traits and stuff that I'm sure there might be something a bit more which might tick a box with a like the potential psychana ability of it 
I'm not sure, but I, I would like to see them doing something a bit more like that. I mean, even if it was like the equivalent of null emitters or something to work against Titans or something, I'm not sure. I wonder if there's like a way like he can manipulate the... That's why I think like the Loyalist might actually be the best one because you can flip the, the order, which I think... I wonder if there's like ways you can do so, manipulate orders... Because you know the, the way they're all like being potentially connected together because they're all using the psychic, you know, be easy to command. See something like that being quite cool. Yeah, that's what that's why I was looking at kind of things which include improved command roles and things. Just uh, it was the, it was the closest thing I could find. That that sounds kind of like the fluff as you explained it there. So I think that's pretty cool. Well, let us know what you think, Stuart. I'd like to see what you end up settling on. Do get in touch and let us know what you what you do in the end. Richard Willis has um, come to the rescue with um, one of the most serious questions of the night. Um, he would like to know... Uh, oh, oh, sorry, no, it's not him. It's uh, I was thinking of a, of a later question. Richard Willis <laughs> actually does have a sensible question. What trait allegios uh, do you think will get changes so per- to personal traits, etc.? Uh, when the traitor book gets released, Kratos <laughs> definitely. I think that I think Kratos is going to be like is going to be the um, Griffonicus of this one. They're the ones going to get the most. They're the ones going to get the most changes. Um, I, I, was, I was trying to think about this. I was kind of going through like the first because obviously it was mostly the first book that got changed. The the rule book Legio and the first book Legios that got the most changes. Kind of spin them in line. So I think some you might see small changes like I think Volper might have like a cap on what lead, what Titans can get the boosted strengths and they might say strength ten and lower a bit like um uh what was it they changed for was it forced us so that they can't get war masters in a normal maniple so I wonder there might be something to do there like with their um what's it their upgrade we get plus two strength in combat yeah I think that uh, I think that could be a uh, that could potentially one I I've, I think I said in previous podcast I think Furians they might change the upgrade so it doesn't work it's not just a flat reduction of the minus one it only works against cover. Or maybe only works against aiming. So if they aim, they aim one easier when they're at long range. But uh, I think that could potentially, I think that could be something on there. I don't think they'll change Mortis because they've already done Mortis twice because they are in the um, defensive riser. And I think if they were going to update them, that would have been the book to do it. Oh, uh, Tempestus. Let's make the stratagem worth it because yeah. that stratagem is hot garbage. Three points to do nothing. There has to be a really like a one pointer. Or they have to change the rules around activations when they drop. Yeah, I think that'd be the. I think that'd be like the main ones to look at. I'm not. I'm not going to necessarily look at the well personal traits have been gone. I'm not going to look at like princeps traits and then they're going to change because that's a minefield. I think you're right. Though. I, th- I think it's going to be those uh, um, rule book and light and death. Maybe the Doom of Moloch. No, 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 hold on. There's no, no nothing in Doom of Moloch, is there? Yeah, uh, mostly Titan Death because they're, they're, I think that's where they were still experimenting and where some of them, yeah. some of them have potentially made a bit too good and some of them may potentially a bit too rubbish because they were still getting to grips. I think I think also doesn't help. This is no offense to the guy who did it, but obviously James Hewitt made the original rules and I don't think he had anything to do with Titan Death. Right. So you probably had a new guy coming in who potentially wasn't quite as up. I'm sure he's up with the rules, but you know, he wasn't as up as some guy who designed the game. Yeah, I do wonder if Ordax might get a tweak in the next rules. I, I still think that Ursus calls I... something, even if it's just like less likely to damage or something. On May, maybe now they've changed Ursus calls, they might change Ordax. That's actually that is a fair shout. 
I think the more interesting question in some respects is, are they going to add another Legio to it, like they did with Metallica? And which one would it be? Mm. And I think that might answer some of the questions, because, again, Autodax kind of makes sense to be there, but doesn't feel right to me being in the Traitor book. Mm. Or do they go, this is the Traitor and Black Shields book? Because I don't think Black Shields warrant their own book unless you do a Black Shields and Knights, Knights book, but they're kind of really... I don't know if they're going to do a Knights book because the Knights are all in the, you know, they're on the Loyalist Knights in the Loyalist book. Are you going to do another book? I have a feeling that they probably won't have enough space to be putting Black Shield rules in there as well because they're going to have all the Greek Titans stuff to add in uh, on top of everything else. I just don't think there'll be enough space in the book. I wonder if, I can't, can't, can't think of anybody else who's traitor who's missing, like out-and-out out traitor who's missing. But then you could say Zestobiax is, is very similar in a lot of respects to Tempestus. You know, it's it's a, they're technically traitor. They're de- yeah. declared but, technically traitor, but they are later loyalists. So a lot of similarities there. Reading up a lot recently and stuff I've been told, I'm seeing a lot of stuff of like, um, it'd be interesting when, I was say, so I guess we didn't talk about the last podcast, obviously 30K is potentially getting plastic freaking new models. Oh, yeah. Which kind of does link up. I worry it seemed like an interesting one in that respect because the more you read, the more they just, I would like to see some more traitor stuff kind of focusing on where they're traitors because they hate the emperor. Like, uh, Tarabo just hates the emperor. But they have zero interest in this chaos, in chaos demons and chaos powers and. You know, whereas like Perturabo, a Fulgrim trying to sacrifice him so he can become a demon prince. <laughs> it's just a bit like, I just don't care about this chaos rubbish. I just want to kill the Emperor and put someone else in, put Horus in charge. You know, sort of, I don't care how you do it, but I kind of do care because this is getting a bit wibbly. That's kind of, I'd like to see, I guess I'd like to see a bit more of that like with some like Legio, which potentially they're traitor, but they're not allowed to use some of the traitor stuff. That'd be an interesting thought. Or an, an, an alternative allegiance ability or something, which is slightly less aggressive. I, I, I'll see if I can find their name. I, what I'd love them to do is there's a Legio, I'm sure I've mentioned them on here before, which they only have like three entrances ever in the history of um, GW background. They're only ever mentioned in the Battle for Terror. So all three different tellings of the Battle for Terror, they're mentioned. They get wiped out on the way down. <laughs> Right. The whole Legio just gets wiped out under the dropping down. Uh, their ship gets, there's a couple of ships get taken out. I would like them to get rules and fluff because there's literally, I mean, they're, they're an, literally an, a blank slate other than a name. And uh, I think that'd be quite cool, this idea of going, yeah, you're doing these guys. You ain't making it, you know, you ain't finishing the heresy. So do what you want with them because yeah. they're all dead. I think they're called the Warhounds, but I could be wrong, which is a bit of a, they need a cooler normal name. Yeah. <laughs> interesting okay uh well moving on to the promised serious question of the pod <laughs> at old shrimp hammer from um instagram says <laughs> he says based on 90 zero which titan class and what loadout would you assign to each of the spice girls okay so um <laughs> mm. I, had to, I had to keep this one in I had to keep yeah, this it. sporty spice i think she's got to be um that's gotta be a warhound doesn't it I thought of Warhounds, but then I, around. I also thought, you know, like Mel, Mel B, quite tenacious, quite... Oh, like Scary Spice, Warmaster. What's more scary than that? I, oh, yeah, if you want to go with that, I thought she's yeah. quite in your face. You know, I thought maybe Warhound would suit her. Oh, no, she'd be a re- she'd be a combat reaver. I think she'd be a combat reaver. Combat reaver? Oh, potentially, yeah. Yeah, that kind of running forward, you got to deal with me now. Come get me sort of thing. 
Baby Spice. Baby Spice. What's cute? What's the cutest Titans? Well, is she a knight? I think she's a knight. I I, I think she's a. Um... Wait, 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 wait. So I go back a second. Mel B. We've missed the obvious one. Scary Spice. Freaking Murder Turtles. Or Psy Titan. Or Psy Titan. Yeah, yeah. So that's gonna be Murder Turtles. What's what's scary in Titanic? Because they're putting down a couple of Murder Turtles. True. Yes, yeah, true. <laughs> She could be a murder turtle. <laughs> a posh, posh spice is the size side titan, surely, no, no? Warlord. Surely just a warlord, like the poshest of titans is a warlord. Just oh, a... no, no. The posh of titans is a side titan. There's only 12, 20 of them. Yeah, but they're a bit weird. Oh, but saying that, she's definitely not loyalist. She's definitely a traitor. <laughs> I think you're thinking of Jerry, aren't you? Jerry's a traitor because she left. No, no, Jerry's not a traitor. She's Black Shields. So, Ginger Spice, then. What does that leave us with Ginger Spice? Well, she's now married to the uh, team principal of Red Bull, so something fast, I guess. Ginger Spice was my favourite when I was a teenager. Very nice. Can I say, just just quick side tangent, that was one of the weirdest things. I did not realise she was married to the team principal of Red Bull, and I'm watching the Netflix documentary series, and there she is. I'm like, what the hell is this crossover? (laughs) Which which Titan has little Union Jack underpants? Well, that's going to be a warlord then, surely, for the for the freaking crotch cannon. <laughs> the crotch cannon. Oh. But it could be a Union flag instead. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That question went as well as I thought it was going to go. Yeah, this is good. Mix up a bit. Any ideas as to what you think? Which Titan suits which? So what do we go for? So Sporty Spice is a warhound... Scary Spice is either Murder Turtles or the War Master Titan. Because <laughs> yeah. both are scary. Uh, what was it? Ginger Spice is a warlord for just for the crotch cannon. <laughs> but it has to be a Union Jack. A Union Flag, sorry. Union Flag crotch cannon, yeah. Sport, posh Spice is... I'm saying side Titan because, you know, there's 20 of them. I, she's, oh, no, she's traitor. Oh, she's a traitor. I never like. I never liked Sport Spice when I was a kid. <laughs> I still think she's a warlord. I, I was, a, I was definitely, a, I was definitely a baby spice fan. That's it. There you go. A- answering the really hard questions here on Max Morfire. <laughs> Just quickly go back. It's the war dogs, which I believe are the Titan Legion. This gets killed on Earth. No, it's not. Ignore me. That's no. a different one. Great. Thanks for the input, Ben. That's right. I'll edit this out. Hopefully, warped dogs. It's the warped dogs. Right. Yes, because if you go to their 40k wiki, it literally says. Warp Dogs, Dark Mechanicum, Get Killed at the Light of Terror. Historical campaigns and historical notes, Siege of Terror, Get Killed on the Way Down. That's literally their entire entry. Colours, don't know. Been listed. Anyway, moving on. Dan Van Hees, uh, Instagram, he says, he's, he's putting a pressure on here. I'd like a good discussion about a full brawler extergamous maniple with claws. Not sure how sensible this question is, or if he's uh, being serious or not. So, go Traitor, <laughs> um, because you get the extra charging. Go Volper, I guess? God, actually, that would be... So- oh, my God. Volper Warlords with power with two Power Fists in Extergimus. That's a strength 16 Power Fist? No, 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 it's not, because melee doesn't count. Oh, does it not? Mm. Well, that's... Oh. You, don't, you don't get a bonus for melee. Um, right, OK, well, that's Take the Gatlings on top. Because then you can extergimus them to make them strength seven. So after you punch them with your power fist, if they live from both your power fists, I'm assuming we're going full hog here on the power fist. Then, uh, then you just shoot shoot into them, and yeah, so that, that'll do some damage. But still, strength fourteen power fists. I, I'm still interested to see how viable 
a fist or two in an extergamous maniple actually is and running them more forward aggressive. It's stop people getting in you, uh, stopping you from shooting their carapace weapons at them. Mm. Because if you do, you're in charge range. Yeah. Almost. Unless they're in that just managed to get nine inches away and kind of, you know, eh, you can't get me. <laughs> Basically, a lot of warhounds, like they're just war, warlords just aren't suited for, for close combat. But the, I, I, I would run one. I'm thinking about running one fist to have that weapon in the middle of the board. Just Cap- to have the weapon, just because I, I painted it, damn it. <laughs> just a counter charge. You can do a counter charge or something, or at yeah. least people off kind of running at the you know an objective that it's sat on because one of the worst things about being in playing on an extergamus is that you often the distance and range and part of the board dictated to you you don't control the battlefield you know you get given whatever is not taken by the enemy often no i i agree it's actually the same reason why with my Persergis i had no combat weapons and then i actually thought actually one or two combat weapons some people because i want to stay at that 12 12 inches above range one combat weapon so people get close would not be the worst idea. Mm. Uh, then I did Venator instead and you know, melted Titan's heads off, so that kind of worked as well. Yeah. Probably not the most sense. It probably is not the most sensible, but I, I think I think yeah, you're gonna do it. You go Volper. Yeah, that's and the answer to all combat. <laughs> I want to do a combat list. What are we gonna do? Volper, Lania Scara as well. Get those three smash attacks. It's not Volper though. It's it's not Volper, <laughs> no, but they're probably the second no. best. It's not a strength fourteen power fist, which is critically another warlord on a on a two up. No, <laughs> it's not. I think shall we move on to the last question of the night? Yes. So this is from No Games No Glory. Uh, our friend Matt. We fished out the one sensible question from his list of terrible questions. Cheers, Matt. Thank you for contributing to the podcast. Saying what time do you think we'll get a model for next, and how much have you spent on AT this year? And does your wife know? Just quickly, I think one of his terrible questions was, wasn't it green or purple, which I'm assuming is a Babylon 5 question? I It's it's like a running joke. I don't know where the origins come from, though. I think it's Babylon, I think it's Babylon 5. Which one I'm going to say, guys, Babylon, Matt, get over it. Babylon 5 sucks, okay? Um, we can have the conversation because you, know, you can't defend yourself. It's awful. It's bad. Deep Space Nine, which is far better. Watch Deep Space Nine. Oh, dear. I think you've just potentially pissed off half our audience, mate. No, oh, Garrick's the best sci-fi character ever, mate. I like I, I like I like Babylon, Babylon Five. Well, let's not get into this discussion because we will, unfortunately. It looks awful. It looks awful. The graphics are terrible. Of course it does, but it was made in the early nineties when they only had. So a it was next generation, and it still holds up mostly. It wasn't. Yeah, it holds but... up much better. Holds up much better. Yeah, I guess. You yeah. say the same about Just... Doctor Who, though, right? Like in the seventies. Doctor Who's awful. Um, but again, like, <laughs> just piss off the Doctor Who fans and piss off the <laughs> Babylon Five fans, right? You're just cornering yourself in this niche of people who liked um, exclusively DS Nine. I have got a, I have got, I have got an American friend who who's wonders how I've not been executed for not liking Doctor Who. Mm. He said I thought all British people had to. Like, I would just like to say, listeners, that Ben's comments do not uh, represent <laughs> the podcast and do not represent um, the opinions of all of the members of Maximum Five. Thank you very much. Uh, just fifty percent of the members <laughs> of Mang's Just fifty percent of them. <laughs> right, to answer the question, what what are we going to get next? I think we are going to get because there's lots of titans mentioned in the traitor book, uh, the loyalist book. Sorry, it doesn't mean we're necessarily getting them, but there's a lot there. I I 
logically, I think it would make sense to get the the scale five Titan because I, 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 I'm assuming Corruptor Titans are. I'm, I'm not including Corruptor Titans in this because clearly they are next. But you know, I'm thinking something that everyone can use, not just Trace players. So I think the was it is the rape rapier. Rape. Yeah. I think the rapier will make the most sense because there's really been talk about it. It would also work, obviously, uh, you got like Ordax, which is like, you know, size six or lower. Having said that, what I think the game could do with is a Warlord variant. So uh, the rubbish, I, I did look up the name. Go on. I think we've spoken about this before. Less armor, big gun. Yeah, less armor, bigger, big gun. Maybe even give it the freaking gun from a Warmaster. I don't know. It's a rain, I think, yeah. Scissoring, maybe, but maybe not that one. It's pretty good. Pretty good. There seems to be dropping a lot of hints that's going to be like Warlord variants. So you're looking at old AT, there's all these different Warlords. They're not variants because they're so different. Like, you know, you've got Warlords who've got less armor than a, well, as much armor or less armor than a Reaver because they only had one model to work with. So they kind of had to make it do everything to start with. But I think the principle could be there. And there is a reason why the armored sprues are separate. So they can do different armored sprues. So they could change up the looks of them. So, you know, you could get, you could have like a, you know, um, a warlord with far different armor panels, which has different effects, uh, but still uses the same weapon mounts. So I think, I I don't know. I think that would make, I think that's what I could see them doing because obviously they clearly spent a lot of the AT budget on the Warmaster. And they clearly probably, I imagine they spent a lot of the AT budget making the Loyalist and Traitor books. Uh, even though I haven't got the Traitor book yet. Uh, and I imagine the Corrupted Titans are probably taking up a bit. So doing like a new variant of an existing Titan would be a cheaper way of adding a new Titan to the game. Yeah, that makes sense. I personally would like to see, and I, I can see a reason why they would bring the Rapier in sooner rather than later. Mm. Mostly being because I think when we were talking about this originally months and months ago, we were saying how, oh, they'll, they'll release the Warmaster uh, sorry, the the Warbringer Volcano Cannon variant when they released the Traitor book because it's something that everybody can use. Yeah. And then obviously they released it in, in resin and like, okay, so it's not going to be that then. But I can see them bringing out the Rapier because everybody can use a Rapier. But mm. also there is a specific draw for Ordax players. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And Ordax is popular. And I think you need to be looking at things which at the moment, like I think you touched on earlier on, there's quite a lot of knights out there which are only strength three and can't really do much unless they're like coordinating coordinated striking and maybe some lighter armored titans play into bringing more knights into the into the game as well the only issue we're kind of getting to now is probably part of the reason the warbringer had when you release a new titan you've either got to do a load of new mana pools to make it usable or you have to make it a support titan this is where I might wonder where I might get variants. So, like, let's let's say we'll, we'll call it the Night Gaunt for argument's sake. You do right. We're doing a Night Gaunt Warlord variant. You can use in any mana pool by replacing the Warlord with the Night Gaunt. It's effectively a Warlord for all mana pools. Now, you could do this with a Rapier. Any mana pool that has a Warhound, you can use a Rapier instead. You don't need to worry about making a load of new mana pools to make it worth worth, worth taking or come you know coming up with rules because. That's nice. It, it, it's get every, obviously every time you make a new mana pool, it gets harder to make rules because you've you've your limited options, and obviously you don't want to make a basic exactly same mana pool, but better. Even though they kind of have done with one or two, like you know, looking at you, what's it? The princeps, not prince of mana pool, the, the one they did the army deal for. Oh, uh, the precept, precepts, which kind of does replace the um, axiom. 
basically replaces the Axiom Manipul. It's, be- it's a better version of the Axiom Manipul, effectively. Mm. So, and you, you don't want to do that with all of the Manipuls. I, I, don't, I don't mind the Axiom, because obviously, as we said before, the Axiom's a bit meh. I, I, I guess, yeah, yeah, I think you're, you're, you're right there, actually. And thinking about what was in the Loyalist book, there were no new Manipuls in the Loyalist book. Maybe that'll come in a subsequent... Um, a subsequent or supplement, but even like the Warbringer only has four manipuls. So, mm. and again, because it's a support titan, so it kind of makes sense. That that is the risk we're getting to now, where late adding more stuff later, it's going to be hard to fit in. But that's why I think if you go, if you made a warlord, a a warlord variant, a reaver variant, and then a and then a the rapier which can replace warhounds. A, you've now just given a load of life to a load of old manipals. You've given a load more options. Also, like let's say like the Warlord variant is a cheaper version of the Warlord. Well, now, like, take, like, I don't know, the Extergilus manipal, you might be able to afford something that isn't just a Warhound or a unit of knights. You maybe, but maybe, you free up enough points if you took two of them, you could maybe afford a Reaver. And then you've just had a, a new, you've just had a lot more options to the existing stuff. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Are you willing to answer the second part of Matt's question? Well, my wife basically knows because most of the stuff I've had for AT this year has been what I got for my birthday, which she organised. I would prefer to not answer that question. <laughs> I can say, and what she does know about is that I actually, apart from the odd bit of resin that's come out recently, I've not spent anything beyond what I sold my Graphonicus from since yeah. February. I sold my mortars which funded myself at the beginning of the year and then everything else I got was for my birthday and I think other maybe another starter set at some point because I do probably need another box of Warhounds so I might as well buy the starter set. There's nothing I actually desperately need right now other than maybe a couple of weapon options here and there. Which... Yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. I'm kind of finding myself in a similar situation and I've got yeah. so much still left to paint. I've got behind me one, two, basically two, yeah, two entire starter sets still to do stuff with, um, and a warlord. So basically, got enough stuff for my Krytos. I don't, other than say maybe a warhound or two, I don't use by anything for the Krytos. If we weren't selling our stuff, we'd be yeah. in trouble. I think with our wives, uh, potentially. Although not as big a, a, a trouble as as I imagine Lee Marshall must be, unless he's got a very understanding partner. I must do. Also, <laughs> in all fairness, talk about how stuff is spent. This for the person who asked this question, uh, Matt, to uh, how much he spent on Kickstarters. Oh, yeah. No, I think that it's a lonely <laughs> question. Right? Matt's got a very understanding wife. The amount that he uh, he drops on Kickstarters and, uh, and uh, plastic on a monthly basis. People <laughs> in glass houses should not throw stones, Matt. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Princeps Questions from us here at Maximal Fire. <laughs> not even calling a Maximal, not even calling the Maximal Fire podcast, just calling it the Princeps Question. <laughs> yeah, Maximal Fire introduces Princeps Questions. It's yeah, maybe it could be like a spin-off show. You know, <laughs> like when we've basically done everything that we can with Maximal Fire, we'll like franchise ourselves out for this sort. To be fair, I've really enjoyed this. Like, it's been yeah, it's been good fun. It's very late. I'm very tired. I hope mm. that I think maybe if it's got a little bit more manic and crazy towards the end of the podcast, it's probably because we're very tired now. But it's been a lot of fun, and it's been nice to kind of like we normally try and select you know targeted questions for the for the main podcasts. It's been nice to kind of like answer some kind of bit bit wider, bit more varied, bit more in depth questions, bit more silly questions as well at times. Yeah, the question about the was it the uh, the Xavius whatever legion? Oh, that, so that silly. Yeah, so silly. Want to have more spy skills related questions, please, on the podcast. So, oh, don't, don't. he will ask more. <laughs> if you, um, if you want to hear our opinions on, um, 
hearsay or um or, or later era well, um, that's a ban enough for about for many years <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think. The bands, our American audience will, uh, uh, our American and Australian um, audience will know. S Club Seven, Atomic Kitten. Yeah, big fan of um, Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys. Yeah, take that. Take that. Yeah. I don't want to disclose how many concerts my ex-girlfriend took me to see. Take that. It's a lot. It's it's double digits. Anyway, I I can still remember all the girls in my class crying when Robbie left. Oh yeah. (laughs) Mate, it was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. And on that bombshell, (laughs) before we get into any more embarrassing confessions, let us know if you want to hear more of this sort of stuff. Obviously, a little bit more kind of relaxed and off the cuff than our usual format, but let us know if you enjoyed it. And if you did, maybe we'll do some more in the future. Just just think next time to listen to us. We're playing in a tournament. We will. Mm. We will. Hopefully, you might have a special guest on to talk about that. Until then, uh, just remember, people, uh, to go big, go loud, and go maximal. (laughs) 